Welcome to the Revenue Marketing Report powered by CaliberMind. This is the podcast for marketers trying to expand their leadership skills. I'm your host, Kamala Thompson, and today I am joined by Eric Holtzclaw. Eric, welcome back. Let's get into the topic, which is how to sell your executive team on marketing, specifically data. Yes. Why is this so important? Well, your executive team is data-driven. So if you think about all the parts of the business, they all have to deliver some type of measurable. So like revenue, profit, number of people we've hired, what the cost of benefits are, like everything is very numbers driven and numbers are hard to argue with. So I could feel a way, and marketing subjective often, but I could feel a way, but if I start to see something in the numbers, then it's either true or it's not true. It's very black and white. You know, it's a, it's a thing that everybody can kind of rally behind, regardless of whether or not you get the squishy part of marketing. If the mm-hmm. numbers support it, then you're like, yeah, but the numbers say that I'm right. So it's a, it's a, it's a common language. It's a common language. Two thoughts are like taking over my brain and I think we might have to talk about them. So one is most other departments have standardized metrics across companies. I don't see that yet with marketing. And I think that's something we need to work on as marketers. The other thing that pops into my head is Sales is known for being data savvy and so much of what they do is entirely subjective and measuring engagement and relationships. Can we acknowledge that as an executive team, maybe? (laughs) Well, right. The percentage down the pipeline that you've made up these numbers as to how well you think it's going to close or not, that's all made up. Like you think- Yeah, they're in proposal. Oh yeah. And so now we're going to assign 70% of the value because of it or whatever you decide to do internally. That's still very subjective, right? Exactly. But but you make a good point, you know, in your accounting department, they close the books every month and there's a way they're going to close the books. And if they need to change things, then somebody's probably stealing money from the company. Like that's not good. In marketing, I, again, I think of it as a stock portfolio. And so this month I may need to invest more heavily in this part of it. And next month I need to invest in this part. And so I am making these subjective decisions of where I'm going to place my bets. So that is honestly the way I think about it most of the time is if I go to my stockbroker, I give them a set of money and I'm like, look, I'm not going to micromanage you. I'm going to pay you your fee. But my expectation is that this portfolio is going to move up and to the right. Mm-hmm. And that mix of things you're doing needs to move it up into the right. So in some cases, I think marketing departments and marketing teams try to report too many of the numbers, right? Yes. Like, oh, well, I lost on this stock, but I made it up on this other one. I just want to know you made it up. So like, if you made up for the whatever, like that's your job. And that is where you have to have a, a leadership team that trusts you to do the right things with it and to give it a little bit of time. Cause you may not know in a 30 day window that a thing's working or not, but you should within 60, like you should be making adjustments within that 60 day window. And if you just let it continue to dive, then maybe you're not being a good steward of the resources available to you. Right. And I think what's key, there are a couple things, um, One is acknowledging bookings pipeline, whatever your goal is, if it's ARR, you need to acknowledge it, even though you know the CEO has gone over it. Just start there. Yeah. Just say, yeah, we missed our number. Don't hide the ball, as a previous guest said. 
Um, and reporting on the same metrics consistently and then being able to speak to how your programs are hurting or helping and how you're going to adjust accordingly. I think that's what they're really looking for. And we don't always deliver that if instead we're reporting on other metrics or initiative-based temporary metrics. I just cringe yeah. when I see that. Yeah, it does need to be reported more as a combined thing, right? And and I'll run into companies too where they start keeping up when like the customer shows up at the door. Yeah, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, they're at the door and now we're, and I'm like, no, 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 no. There was all this other stuff that happened before that. Like we have to get them to there. So you've got to make sure you're measuring at the right place and yes. some of the right things. Like some of the stuff that you think is not a touch point is a touch point. Like yeah. the fact, you know, your sales team's hanging out at the office and not going to things and not like caring for using your sales enablement tools that you've given them, things like that, then you're not really getting full credit for the stuff that marketing is is putting in place to drive that customer to the ultimate conversion, which is what everybody wants. Everybody wants the conversion to happen. Right. And speaking of conversions, I think it also really benefits marketers to know which tactics work when and how long your deal cycles are. So if you know... Uh, people who are engaged enough to actually want to attend a webinar convert quickly because they've done a bunch of other stuff. Maybe you can influence pipeline in quarter or the next quarter. So knowing yeah. what works when, how long it takes, that's really critical. Yeah, what levers to pull. I talk about changing it from being a slot machine to being a vending machine. So mo most marketing is a slot machine. You put a dollar in, you might get money back, you might not. The ultimate goal is to turn it into a vending machine. I put a dollar in and in some predictable period of time, I'm going to get a hundred dollars back. Yeah. And so that's the the goal is that I'm going to, I'm going to get what I expect once I've made that input. And it does regrettably, if you're at square one, you've never done it right. You don't have a good rigor to it. It can be a mess for a period of time until you get it all worked out. And then you get it worked out and you're like, okay, yeah, that works. That doesn't work. This makes easy decisions. But then you cannot keep following the same playbook over and over and over again, because that's where, that's where I see marketing departments get compared to like the finance department. It's not that like mm -hmm. a platform could fall out of favor, an approach could fall out of favor. And you as the marketer have to be smart about moving it around because you're watching, you're reading the tea leaves and you're seeing things change and realizing that you're not getting the same return that you once got from a category. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with learning early indicators, signs, setting goals mm -hmm. at a tactical level. Now, those aren't things you're going to bring up in the boardroom necessarily, right. but I have, I can't remember a time I've been asked how I knew that a certain campaign influence something or how I knew which tactic worked when. And I think that's because we built over time trust within our own company. They were explained exactly how we knew these things and what we were looking at and what was gut-based and needed to stay that way. I think reporting on the same metrics, speaking the language of the rest of the business, um, that goes a long way and being able to explain if a number changed, cause they're going to notice. Right. Why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you've got a reasonable client you're working with, then 
there, they, there's an expectation things are going to, and, but what's the adjustment and how quickly did we adjust for it such that we made up for it in another place or whatever. So knowing those levers and being able to pull them and you don't set it and forget it. Marketing is not set it and forget it. And that's what companies hope is that it's a set it and forget it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think early in my career, I, I learned the hard way. You're going to be strong armed sometimes early on into doing something that they've seen work somewhere else. Yeah. Set goals and guardrails so you can say, okay, but if we hit this or we see this conversion rate dip below here, we need to stop. Right. And just because that worked, will that work over the long run? Because are we and are we doing something that's, you know, detrimental to our brand? Are we only right. paying for traffic versus driving organic? Like all those things. Like tricks are tricks and they mm -hmm. only last for a period of time. And then you have to come back to reality. Yeah, this is definitely the wrong podcast to tune into if you're looking for a growth hack or or quick trick. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't I don't believe in those. No. no. There's, no, it's a, those are short wins, but then long-term you, you end up hurting yourself because you've, you know, they're just, and there's so many things that are inappropriate to what you would do as a company anyway. So like, yes. why are you even approaching it that way? So, yeah. Yeah. I agreed. There's nothing that replaces, you know, just, just really the good practice of the things. Good old work. Yeah. Good old work. So, Sorry, yeah. folks. <laughs> <laughs> Any other tips you'd give folks out there who've got a leadership team that are skeptical of any data coming out of marketing? Well, I do think that you have to be, you have to understand the skill sets of your marketing team because yes. you talked about the, I think you called it the arts and crafts department. And so there are, and I kiddingly call my creative director, I'll say that, which she hates because I'm, she really does. Um, but she's not a numbers person and that's okay, but we're pairing her with people who are. Right. Yes. And so she understands like the moving that thing a little bit, you know, visually that it's going to be, you know, da da da. And then the other person understands. And, and there has to be a balance between the two. Like one's protecting the brand the way it looks, the other is protecting what well, does it perform and mm -hmm. giving them avenues of which they're responsible for something that's like a long term asset that's really going to represent the brand. Keep that in the squishy side. Right. But if it's something that's really supposed to start driving traffic and, move the needle, then give that to the team that can kill it or cut it immediately if it's not working the way that you would expect so that they have their own sandboxes to experiment and allowing them both to speak into the conversation. Because when an executive gets a squishy person only, then they don't always talk squish. No, no. <laughs> and I like your point so much. Self-awareness is hard, Yeah, but... Knowing where you have a deficit, particularly when it comes to data and measurement, which the rest of the company cares about, it's really important to get that resource. Yeah. And the person who's really loves the numbers and whatever is probably going to do some really terrible creative, just to be oh. perfectly honest. And so mm -hmm. you need to make sure there's a balance between those two. Yes. Yes, indeed. Love it. Tomorrow, we'll be talking about one of my favorite topics because I get a different answer from every guest, but how do marketers need to change in 2024? We'll see you then. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to the Revenue Marketing Report. Please tell two friends, subscribe, download, whatever you can helps. And for those of you looking for more great content like this, check out calibervine.com.